Greetings. Uh, before I start, let me just say a short prayer. Almighty God and loving Heavenly Father, please uh, will you help me uh, to communicate as clearly as possible and please will you help me to remain true to the teaching of your word. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, before we look at the passage uh, that was read earlier, I would just like to tell you about a friend of mine called Roger. Now, Roger was a very hardworking dairy farmer. And in my younger days, we were very good friends together. We'd meet at young farmers clubs and do young farmers activities, play squash with him, tennis. And he was just a good friend. And so when I became a believer, uh, I went and spoke to Roger uh, to talk with him as best I could about Jesus. Uh, sadly, he wasn't really very interested. Um, and I don't know, a couple of years ago, I felt a real conviction that I, I should try again. So I went and visited Roger, talked with him, did the most I could to share about Jesus. Uh, but again, he wasn't particularly interested. I, I, I also went and saw my brother George. Uh, I went and did my best to share the gospel with him. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, he also was not interested. Now, at the start of COVID, my friend Roger uh, got seriously ill. And uh, I couldn't go and visit him because of COVID, but I wrote him a letter explaining again why I really believe what I, what I believed. Uh, and, and I put a little Gideon's um, Bible uh, into uh, the letter. Uh, I heard nothing. <laughs> I didn't know how he'd react. And uh, after COVID restrictions lifted, I actually went and saw Roger and um, again started to share with him and uh, and talk with him about Jesus. And, and he said, Ian, uh, I don't want to uh, insult you, uh, but, but actually I'm more scientific. I don't believe in God. And he started to talk about dinosaurs. At the same time, a, a couple of months or so ago now, my brother was in for a hip operation and uh, uh, coming out of the operation, he had a cardiac arrest and uh, very nearly died. Uh, and I went and saw him as well uh, and, and did my best to share the gospel with him. Uh, but he said to me, he said, uh, Ian, I, I don't believe in God. Uh, that When you die, that's it. Finished. And I have to come up say I, I came away and I was rather disappointed. Both my friend Roger and my brother George were, were not interested. And uh, then I found a gleam of doubt came into my mind. What? If Roger and George were right, what if there was no God? What What if all there was was this life, there was nothing else? And I immediately went back in my mind to my own conversion and my own experience of God. And then I said to myself, that is not good enough. It's not good enough to rely on my experience. I must go back to the Bible. What does the Bible teach? And I reminded myself there really was a God who created this world. 
and there really was Jesus Christ who died on the cross and rose again from the dead and ascended into heaven. And there is a day in the future, a day of judgment. And I would like to, before I look at Luke 19, I would like just to look at, um, I think it's Acts chapter 17, verse 30. I've got them marked, so I hope I can find them not too quick. Acts chapter 17, verse 30. And this is the Apostle Paul. He's in Athens. He's debating with uh, the people in Athens uh, about the unknown God, the God that they do not know. And in verse 30, it says this, in the past, God overlooked such ignorance, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. For he has set a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. He has given proof of this to all men by raising him from the dead. So this passage tells us that there really is a day of judgment that God has set, and we can be absolutely sure of that. The proof of that is that God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Because Jesus rose again from the dead, we can trust that he is who he says he says he is, and we can trust his word there really is going to be a day of judgment. And God has set, it says here, this man, that is Jesus, to be that judge. Now let's go back to the story of Zacchaeus in uh, Luke chapter 19. And uh, uh, the crowds are starting to follow Jesus. It is in Jericho. And um, there is a man there called Zacchaeus. He is a chief tax collector and he wants to see Jesus. But the crowds of people are pressing in so that he cannot see him. So he goes and climbs a tree and Jesus comes underneath the tree and he looks up and he says, Zacchaeus, come down because I am coming to your house. And the religious leaders, they look down their noses at Jesus and they sneer at him. Doesn't he know who these people are? Doesn't he know they're sinners? Doesn't he know that they're riffraff? Doesn't he know? And this is what Jesus says is in verse 10. And he says this, for the son of man came to seek and to save what was lost for the son of man came to seek and to save what was lost he'd come to seek he'd come to look for he'd come to hunt for the lost but he'd also come to save the lost and i know we know this but it's good to be reminded what is jesus saving us from what is Jesus saving us from? And I know it's not popular to talk about this, but he is saving us from the wrath of God. I know we like to talk about the love of God and God is love. 
and that is right god is love and he loves people but also god is holy he is righteous and god's wrath is against rebellion wickedness and evil let us look at john chapter 3 verse 36 john 3 verse 36 and this is what it says whoever believes in the son has eternal life but whoever rejects the son will not see life for the wrath of god remains on him for the wrath of god remains on him there is this day of judgment when god will pour out his wrath and his anger against all injustice wrongdoing rebellion let's also look at romans 5 verse 8 and 9 and it says this in verse 8 and 9 but god demonstrates his own love for in this while we were still sinners christ died for us god shows us how much he loves us in the fact that while we were still sinners he sent christ into this world and christ died for us and then it goes on since we have now been justified by his blood how much more shall be saved from god's wrath through him i know it's not popular to talk about the wrath of god but god is a holy god god is a righteous god and there are consequences to people's disobedience and rebellion he is the creator he sets the rules and he expects us to follow his rules i know we don't like this in today's society but there is this day of judgment in the old testament you get warning after warning after warning of judgment that is coming and then you get to the new testament and a savior is born and jesus christ we call the savior of the world what is he saving us from he's saving us from god's wrath now tony lewis uh, recommended that i listened to charlie scrine i might not be saying the name right charlie scrine is the new pastor at all all souls langham place and his first sermon was from john chapter 3 verse 16 it's on the 2nd of may if you want to look it up and it is a really really good sermon and in this sermon he explains basically there are two groups of people those who will perish and those who will receive eternal life he says there is this group everyone and there is another group anyone 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 who believes in jesus anyone who received jesus will on that day of judgment 
they will be rescued from the wrath of God. Two groups, those who perish and those who receive eternal life. On that day, God will do what is right. There will either be grace or there will be justice. There will be no injustice. God always does what is right. And on that day, people will either receive justice or they will receive grace. And you can find it in Luke chapter 13, verse 28. Jesus is urging people to enter in through the narrow door. He's urging his followers, make every effort to enter through the narrow door. And in Luke 13, verse 28, it talks about a wailing, a weeping, a gnashing of teeth when people see Abraham, Isaac and Jacob and the prophets in the kingdom and they are not there. On that day of judgment, those who are perishing will be wailing and weeping and gnashing their teeth that they have made the greatest mistake in their lives. They have not believed in God and they have not believed in Jesus. I know that we prefer to talk about the love of God rather than the justice of God. But you know, God is righteous. He always does what is right. And within us, we have a sense of right and wrong. And that right or wrong comes from God. And some of you know that I run a small charity called Bringing Good News. And I've met some amazing people, incredibly brave people. But I've also met some terrible situations, the most unpleasant situations. I met this lady whose face was absolutely scarred because her husband had thrown acid into her face because he saw her reading the Bible. Will not God do what is right on that day? Another incident. I went to a brick kiln in Pakistan a few days after this event and a mob took two of the brick kiln workers, stripped them of their clothes, tied them up, dragged them behind a tractor around the brick kiln, pulled them up onto the top of the brick kiln, opened the brick kiln and burnt them to death. And I met some of the relatives and some of the children, will not God do what is right? I've recently heard of a man called Arif. He was a carpenter and a very rich man tried to force Arif to work for him. And Arif said no. So this rich man got thugs to beat him up. They picked up axes and slashes and cut him really badly. I don't know if he will live. Will not God on that day bring justice? Will not God do what is right? 
And then I heard of this other incident. There was this bonded slave working 14 or 18 hours a day for his landlord. And one day he said to the landlord that he didn't want to keep working these hours. You know what the landlord did? He cut off both this man's hands. Will not God do what is right on that day? On that day, people will either receive justice or they will receive grace. If God sent his only son into this world to save people, does God not love the lost? If God sent his one and only son to die on the cross, does he not care about the lost? The lost matter to God. He cares about people. He wants people to receive eternal life. And just to make the point, Jesus told three parables. You can find them in Luke chapter 15. The lost sheep, the lost coin and the lost son. The shepherd loses a sheep. He leaves the 99 sheep to look for that one sheep because that one sheep is precious to him. And he goes and he looks for it, he finds the sheep, he brings the sheep back and he celebrates. And it says in heaven there is celebration over one sinner who repents. Why? Because the lost matter to God. The lady loses a coin. She doesn't say that's good, I've still got nine coins. She goes and hunts and seeks and looks for the lost coin until she finds it. Then she calls her neighbor, celebrates. And again, it says there is rejoicing in heaven. Why? Because the lost matter to God. The third story is slightly different. There is this, um, oh, there's, there's the owner who gives uh, some of his wealth, half his wealth to his son. His son squanders it, goes away just ruins his life and suddenly he wakes up and repents and he comes back to the father and the father is looking out and the father welcomes him back. There is a welcome in heaven for every single person who believes in Jesus. On that day, there will either be grace or there'll be justice. There will be no injustice. It's either grace or justice. Now, God can obviously use any method to save people, but primarily he does it through the preaching of the gospel. And I don't want to be heavy. I don't want to put a burden on anybody. But I just want to say that <clears throat> uh, God saves through the gospel. And I would just encourage us to take uh, to take our responsibility seriously, to learn the gospel and where we can to share the gospel. Romans 1 verse 16, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God 
for the salvation of everyone who believes. Now, I can't open a person's heart. Only God can open a person's heart and mind. But he saves people primarily through the sharing of the gospel. Over the years, I've learned different presentations. And I, I'm just a very ordinary person. I don't come as a great preacher or a teacher. I stumble along. But the first thing I would say is, if you don't have a heart for the lost, then I just pray and say, God, will you please give me a heart for the lost? If the lost matter to God, and I want to live a life that pleases God, then surely I also need to be interested in the lost. He calls us to do different things and to be different people. And don't try to be somebody that you're not. But if God does put on your heart a concern for the lost, if, does, if God does put somebody on your heart, I just encourage you, give it a go. Give it a go. First of all, I, I mean, I've learned different gospel presentations. One of the best I've learned is from an Aussie um, evangelist uh, called John Chapman. Know and tell the gospel. And uh, God, man, God. What if you don't? What if you do? It's just a, a, a something simple to hang a peg on. God, man, God, what if you don't? God is really there. He is there the same way as I am here. God doesn't come into existence when I believe or disappear when I don't believe. God is there and he has always been there. And he created this world. And... Um, he has made his son, Jesus Christ, as the ruler of his world. And we know that to be true because he raised Jesus Christ from the dead. So Jesus has the right to show us how to live our lives. God, man, but everywhere people don't want Jesus to tell them how to live their lives and so on. It's just a simple gospel presentation. I'm not saying that that's the best one, but I have tried to learn different presentations. I've also learned memory verses and I've learned uh, the Apostles' Creed. There will come a day of judgment. And on that day, God will either give people justice or they will receive grace. And anyone anyone, anyone who believes in Jesus and chooses to follow him as their ruler and their Lord will receive grace and eternal life. And I would just like to say, if God does put someone on your heart, then do your best. Give it a go. Share the gospel with them you could be opening up eternity for that person. Thank you very much.